It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm Bob Perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from someone else's mistakes. And today we are learning from Altav Sayed. And yeah, I'm coming to you live from my flat in Umbilo. So if you hear like any taxi hooting or any buses going by, that is why I live on Umbilo Road. So it can get a little bit noisy. But anyway, yes, today's podcast is with Altav Sayed. He's a stand-up comedian, a strategy consultant, and I guess he's also a promoter. And yeah, he's one of uh, the guys in Cape Town who has reached out to me a few times. We've interacted a lot over the internet. And I've, yeah, hung out with him a few times now since I've gone to Cape Town, the last two times, basically. And I really dig his vibe. And I felt like he's someone worth chatting to. He's got a bit of a unique circumstance. He has a rare neurological degenerative disease, uh, whereas I just have rare magic cards. So, you know, similar things uh, to talk about there. You know, we talked about how those cross over. We didn't at all, but we did talk about the struggles with that. But the thing is, obviously... That's not the main thing about it, you know, like, it's kind of, we do get into the whole disability thing, but we mostly just talk about comedy, and yeah, we are kind of brothers on our journey of comedy, I think. I really relate to the way he see thing, sees things about, you know, building your own platforms, about taking comedy to people, about not just waiting for things to happen for you, about a whole host of things, like, we really get along and we really agree with a lot of different things, so... I enjoyed this chat and we get a good perspective and like on what it's like to be on the come up in South African comedy and what it's like to be a Cape Town comedian, I guess, on his level. He does a lot of one-liners, but he doesn't like to be known as a one-liner comedian, although I've only mostly heard one-liners and he does a lot of that on Twitter, which you can go check out. His handle is Ilachi, which we discuss right at the end. Uh, but yeah, I'm back from the Musenberg Festival. I had an absolutely amazing time. I jumped on four gigs, which was so dope. There was, yeah, it was just everything I could have ever wanted it to be. I'm super stoked. Did different sets pretty much each night, you know, trying out different jokes. Some jokes were the same. Obviously, I've got my ones that, like, I'm, you know, the core foundation. But I like changing things up. I don't really enjoy doing the same jokes every single night. I know I think I'm meant to do that. You're meant to, like, get it locked that this is the thing you got in wax but i like a little bit of jazziness to things i guess you know like jokes are your instrument well yeah jokes are you like your instruments or your chords and stuff that you know how to play and then you just throw them in here and there because you think hey this one will work cool here this one will work cool there but on a different night you want to switch it around a little bit so that's kind of what i did in cape town over the four nights i just changed things around a little bit tried different jokes saw what worked where and a lot of it worked everywhere, so <laughs> that was very cool. I got to perform with, you know, some really dope names. I uh, met Yasin Barnes. Well, not met him. I met him before, but we performed together. Performed with Conrad Koch. Laz Gola was there. Uh, Robbie Collins was there. Tootsie was there. Uh, who else was there? There were so many people. Um, <laughs> uh, I met, like, Kate Pinchuk. Uh, and then also I uh, did podcasts with Rushlu B, who I've known for a long time, and Lindy Johnson, who I met for the first time. But it was really cool that we just got along like immediately. Like we did the podcast at Angel Campy's house and you will hear that soon. 
But yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Paul Cowan for bringing me down for the Musenberg Festival and for organizing the whole comedy side of things and being a big influence within the actual festival itself. It's such a big festival. It's such a dope thing. There's so many different things going on every single night. I highly recommend you guys go check it out next year if you get the opportunity to. If you want to perform, hit uh, up Paul for comedy side of things. And I'm sure he can get you in touch with the right people for the music and poetry and art and other side of things. And if, yeah, you're in Cape Town around the time of year, go check it out. It is definitely, a w like, they do things, you know, independently. They're very community-based and they, um, yeah, they give a lot of platforms to a lot of different people. So I think it's definitely <laughs> worth checking out. It's DIY as fuck and that's the kind of shit I dig. Anyway, I think that's enough of a preamble. I think that covers most of everything. Um, so yeah, here comes Altav Sayed. Enjoy. <laughs> what up, Altav? Uh, away, away. Do you Hello, want to Bob. introduce yourself? Because you've got a good joke about your name. Hi, everybody. So um, my name is Altav Sayed. Um, you can't see this, but I usually walk around with a crutch, which is normally my supporting act. <laughs> but um, in order to get my name right, just remember that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I'm Altaf Sayed. That's a good close Yeah, that is exactly how I close my sayings. Um Sometimes it's a bit awkward because uh, usually one laughs before that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, some sets don't go according to plan. Some sets definitely do not go according to plan. You did a set last night with new material that you're saying. Like you, do you want to tell the joke or well, do you want to save it for people to hear? Yeah, I'll say. Well, you guys can follow me on social media and stuff. You'll probably see the joke. But um, for those that are in Durban, I'm actually going to be there on the 9th and 10th of uh, November, playing okay. at Carbon Goldstone next year. Next year, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, see you guys there, and you can hear all about these jokes. Ooh, okay, okay. We won't uh, go into that. But so you had a bit of a rough one last night with new material. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a. It was a weird crowd. Um, I also went through like a whole weird traffic because there was gunshots on this one road leading to the gig, and had to take a like cave down. Kirtan is a cesspit of just fuck up. Um, but it's cool. It doesn't um, seem like that from the outside, but you just, yeah. Gunshots on the way to gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of makes you feel more gangster when you rock up to the gig. And, I don't want to um, feel gangster when I'm doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Cat Williams, you know? Yeah, okay, okay. But yeah, so the, so the set, I mean, the coolest thing about new material is that you're so excited to tell the joke and you just <laughs> want to see it land. And no, I've been doing comedy for too long that I'm not never excited to tell new <laughs> jokes because <laughs> you know it's a 50-50 chance. Like, it's not even a 50, it's like a 30-70 chance that it's going to work because yeah. you might not say it correctly. Like, it's only like the fifth or sixth time you tell a joke on stage that like you it get the joke. Yeah, like, but I mean, that's the process though, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's all good to because you can instantaneously come up with a joke yeah. but to actually make the joke work and funny stage time um, there's, yeah, there's nothing like stage time <laughs> literally nothing like it although there are some comedians who impress me in that like they seem to hardly ever do like the you know all the stages they yeah, just yeah, write yeah. something go put it in a theater and you're just like how like yeah how? but i mean those are the guys like mark Larching, you know yeah they've got doing years this stuff years for like experience. years and they literally don't have fucks to give <laughs> um, which is cool, which is essentially where every comedian should aim to be. Yeah, um, but, but that takes years of actually 
duking it out in the clubs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Judging from social media and judging from the times I've spent here in Cape Town, yeah. like the last two times I've been down here, I've hung out with you a little bit. You tend to gig every night almost. Like you're trying to get on stage as much as possible, it seems. Yeah, stage time is a drag, eh? Uh, won't lie, I'm addicted. <laughs> um, there's something about just getting up on stage and telling jokes and making people laugh and just wanting to do it all the time. I am so addicted to telling jokes that I even started busking. Yeah, so, I saw that for first Thursdays you started like busking on the side of the street. Yeah, so basically busking, um, I took a chair, um, I took a, I have a portable PA system, I had a mic, I rocked up in Bree Street in first Thursdays and just started telling jokes. Um, it was a big learning experience. I rem- one of the first learnings I, I learned was that Alta, you need to remember all your jokes. <laughs> this is my problem. Like. <laughs> It's so hard. Like I've written so many jokes, but like you wouldn't know because I keep like telling the same one because yeah. those are the only ones that come to like the front yeah. of mind. Yeah. But I'm getting better at actually. This last year, I would focus a lot on hosting, so and also just freestyling. Yeah. Like I yeah. would go go intentionally unprepared. Like when I would host and stuff, would be like no yeah, material. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're just going to see whatever comes to mind and stuff. But now I'm back on the. No, let me actually set up my sets let's do let's do tight stuff again like uh, let's okay, do tight cool, tens cool, and cool, like cool. but you know that's the thing you got to test yourself continually and you got to sure. like and i feel yeah for me i'm still on that tip of like trying to get all the skills i want in this comedy game and i feel like you're almost like a brother in that journey you know oh, like yeah, you're oh, fully like committed to the cause you don't necessarily care so much about being famous so much as getting good yeah, just to just to be funny. Yeah. Uh, to 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 learn how to how to read different rooms, different crowds, different rhythms, and to be able to do the thing that is stand up comedy everywhere. Everywhere. Which is fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to be able to translate to lots of different rooms, and especially with your own style. I mean, there's guys like Trevor Noah who connect with everyone because they tell universal things, but yeah. to connect with everyone being completely yourself not that Trevor's not being himself yeah. but like you know like being different and not talking about traditional things yeah yeah so like comedy I mean there's, there's different types of comedy you can make like that so people make uh, jokes about stereotypes they make yeah. political jokes etc South African comedy both those things right there exactly stereotypical then, political jokes yeah and then you get guys who just become misogynistic and lewd and, and all of those different things so like it's crazy it's crazy but like um one of the coolest thing, oh, one of the most shocking things, I guess, about me is that I tend to, well, I, I don't watch stuff. So, like, um, really? yeah, like, I haven't even watched The Lion King. Mm. No, there's a gag there, but I haven't actually watched The Lion King. Oh, you just need to watch uh, Macbeth and you'll be fine. I, that's what I've watched. So, yeah, <laughs> cool. Go. I've, I've, got, I've, got, uh, I've got The Lion King thing. But it's weird because I just kind of feel like, you know, like, the world we live in is promotes consumerism yep. and through consumerism we our brains and how we think and do things is altered and manipulated yeah by so, the way you can support my patreon on <laughs> 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 but like basically i feel like i just want like i, I just want to be untainted yeah. not that i do it intentionally it's just i guess life circumstances does that for me but what do you but, what do you mean by life circumstances um i uh, so i stay back home right now right yeah. and my mom went through a very bad health patch and she's still in bad health patch so uh we had to get a 24-hour nurse so the 24-hour nurse now sleeps in the tv room 
So basically, I hardly ever go to the TV room now, so I don't watch TV anymore. Blessings in disguise. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of. So, um, yeah, so that's what life circumstances just kind of throws me back. But that's cool, because then it just gives me more time to be or try to be more me yeah. in whatever I'm trying to do. And less uh, influenced by, but I mean, like, do you get influenced by other comedians like here in Cape Town at all? Because you're at gigs a lot. Yeah, so like obviously you learn different things from them. Yeah. Um, so how they how they deliver um, their thought process for a joke, um, how they take concepts, and it, like through time you can even see a guy take a concept and then work it. do it, work it, and make it like a, a five minute set. Well, I, I, like I saw um, Kurt Langefeld do that. Yeah. Uh, he came up with a concept, and through like just a month, two months, or three months, he has this five to ten minute gag now. That's but you so you tend to stick to one line as a luck but you also trying to learn that as well the skill to extend the joke yeah 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 so like how do you so if you have like if you go to a gig and they tell you that you have five minutes how do you still take a gag make it punchy but talk about different things yeah and then if they give you 15 minutes how do you extend that gag so knowing knowing the ins and outs of your gags um is pretty cool um I don't know if I'm just a one-liner, yeah? That's, well, that's because I've only seen you do, like, smaller sets. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because you've got to do that. I mean, there's some people that might even think of me, like, in that vein, because, like, I do do a lot of one-liners, but they're yeah. also attached usually. Like, in my one-man show, you know, like, the one-liners at the end of, like, you know, oh, like, a yeah, whole, like, five-minute yeah, yeah. thing. Like, but obviously I can't do that whole five-minute bit, like as my set yeah so yeah. you know your sets when you do five minute sets usually I assume you have the same thing of just that's a good joke that's a good like one minute that's one minute that's yeah, one minute yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah and then if you and then knowing where you can like inflate the gag to, to be funnier because yeah. there's other points that you can put in there yeah so like I mean the, is there a difference between being a one liner versus being punchy <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, like, it would usually when you do one line, you get a little voice. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a cocaine joke. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like, uh, bottlenecks. Bottlenecks? Uh, no, I just, I was I thinking. I saw of, you were tweeting a bit about bottlenecks. Yeah, no, because a lot of people in uh, Cape Town smoke buttons. Yeah. Uh, obviously, well known drug. I just feel like in society, they are the biggest bottlenecks. To the um, to society, to society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you see, in Durban, bottlenecks also come for buttons, but also just wonga and weed. Oh yeah, no, kid, yo, it's it's weird. So like, you know, people often ask me like, yo, what's the difference between crime in Joburg versus Cape Town? And I think in Joburg, cool, you can get robbed and stuff like that, which is cool. But in Cape Town, <laughs> is it cool? No, which is fine because in Cape Town, you have a, you can get robbed, but you also get killed. Fuck, okay, but I think some people in Joburg would say they, like, also face that. I mean, Robbie Collins got stabbed in the face, like... Okay, yeah, really. yeah. I think South Africa in general is just pretty dangerous. It's true. Wherever you go, I actually saw a guy, um, uh, ran up to a guy in traffic at a red robot, steal his vape, and then, yeah, let's just leave again. I like how this joke's extended from a cigarette to a vape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then I, I, like, I was thinking, like... What's the point of stealing a vape, though? Because that's like breaking into a house and stealing pants. What? There's no point. Like, <laughs> because, like, you're going to run out of juice in the vape, and then what's... You're just going to use it as a Yeah, I feel you. 
Although I think uh, maybe work on that one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I will, I will. See, new material, guys. New, new, new material. material. This is what happened last night, guys. <laughs> this is what happened last night. So how long have we been doing comedy for now? Um, going on two years. Two years, uh, damn. My you... first gig was on the 16th of November uh, at the Armchair Theatre. Of course, um, in Cape Town, like everyone starts at the Armchair, right? At the Armchair, and um, I don't know if you know Wesley Cockerell. Yeah, I know who he, he is. He, he was the one to give me my first, uh, my first five minutes. And uh, as most comedians get told, I don't know, but his words were itched into my brain. He said, don't be cuck. Don't be cuck. That is a South, Afri- South African comedy motto. Like, yeah, yeah, no yeah. matter which city you're in, like, especially if you're starting out, DBK, don't be cuck. Don't be cuck. Because um, if you're cuck, you're going to fuck it up for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I actually quite enjoy it when a newbie kind of sucks a little bit because you're like, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna look good now. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. Trust the process. That's what everybody says, right? Trust the process. No, oh, fuck that. No, I don't believe, like, trust the process because what is the process? The process is different for everyone. Exactly. Like, so maybe trust your process or whatever. But for real, like, I mean, for you, it is just getting on stage as much as possible and it seems to have worked quite a bit. I mean, I remember seeing you, like, two months ago, three months ago. And just like the gig that you did on Friday night, yeah, uh, here at like Surfers Corner, yeah, it seemed like you had like you just knew your shit way better now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you were yeah. like that set seems like a set that you fully just like have unlocked. Yeah, so like it's it's weird. So like as I was saying, you can come up, you can come up with gags, but it's finding your voice in that gag, yeah. finding your own rhythm within that gag that initially you wouldn't realize in the beginning, but at the more and more you play it, it just, it just, it, it just becomes natural because yeah. it's part of who you are. So then it just, it just it's, a, it's a great thing. But then the next step to that is learning how to tell those jokes for different audiences. Exactly. So like, um, one of the things is colloquial. Um, in Musenberg, I wouldn't necessarily use the term Tani, which is a colloquial Afrikaans word for, for auntie, for, for auntie or yeah. mother, whereas in Mitchell's playing, that word is coming out every like every time. Um, and so, how do you? Yeah, how do you do that? How do you find, especially in Cape Town, where you know if you do Cape Town Comedy Club or whatever, it's lots of international people. Yeah. Apparently, I wouldn't know. Never played there. <laughs> I've never asked, so you know, like, but. I'll always just take digs, but like I'll never actually like you know try yeah, do the yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll like hi like, days, <laughs> but nah, I will next time I come down. I'll see if I can. But yeah, so that's got international. But then you've also you know you've got other gigs where like it's you know it's I guess in South Africa we always have that you know you got your white audiences, yeah, you've yeah. got your coloured audiences, yeah. and like I mean Cape Town's probably mostly white and coloured for you guys, yeah, with, like yeah. smaller black and Indian like representatives. So like it's it, I mean that's. That's why you have a host, right? So the host is kind of just gives everybody while he's um, doing his crowd plays interactions or whatever. Or her. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> or, or her, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's just um, fucking with you. And then he, so he gives you insight into what the crowd is like. Um, and then you have to then take note of that, which is the crowd's rhythm, right? Because yeah. every crowd, like this rhythm thing is, is, is like this invisible hand that just controls the comedy room yeah because when you don't have it your set's gonna be shit exactly right and the thing is you can have it literally on the same night you can have it like at one gig and not have it at the next or the other way around you don't have it at the first gig and then you do the next one and you're just like what the fuck I'm so good at this yeah (laughs) but but sometimes it's not about the audiences right no it's like sometimes like at a a new material night 
like like last well not like last night but doing doing new material you play it once some things don't work it's not that the jokes are not funny it's just that you've got to play it in different places and continue playing it to yeah. to, to unlock tweak and tweak and, 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 and evolve it which is which is the writing process which is like a beautiful little ah the nectar of the gods what is your actual writing process so not the on stage side but like do you sit down and write jokes because I said you also told me like you guys have like a little writing crew now oh yeah so so sometimes it's just like random thoughts and tweets yeah. that, that and then for me it's like I take one liners because I, I, I like puns and I like dad jokes and then I try to build relatable ridiculous stories um, into that but my stories and then try to bring across that 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 one liner but then as you tell the story you got to look for the other um, punches in that story yeah. and then tell it like it is um, and then there's like delivery then like where to pause how to say things word use which do you find more difficult writing or delivery I mean, judging from like how yeah. you're speaking, like it seems like delivery would be the harder part, and like writing seems to come naturally to you. But I don't know. E, bit of both. I think I think it's being the hardest part is being your most comfortable, authentic self on stage, telling those jokes. Yeah. And telling the jokes the way you know it's funny to you. Yeah. That that for me is also hard because you got to break down those inhibitions because you're getting up in fucking front of people, right? It's, people you don't know. It's yeah, I prefer it in front of people I don't know, but yeah, well, I mean that's when we are the most authentic, right? Yeah, because we can, because we're not held back by preconceived ideas. Or, or, yeah, I mean I really like do that. appreciate when my friends come and support and stuff, and you know I do oh, snap. want that. You have friends that come support. Wow, no, congratulations! I, I, I don't so have friends. I'm saying I just appreciate on the rare occasion that it does. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen my Facebook. I bitch like a lot, <laughs> but at the same time, I almost don't want them to come because yeah. it is one of those things of like. You have a preconceived notion of me, like you don't know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. doing here, like the yeah. character, because like also there is a characterized version of ourselves when we get on stage. It's not like it is your authentic self, but it's also a heightened version of you. Yeah. It's like also different nights I'm an evil bastard and other yeah. nights I'm a nice sweetheart, you know, telling like kind, gentle jokes. You know, sometimes I'm doing suicide stuff, sometimes I'm doing, you know, save the environment yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so, you know, your friends, for me personally, like I do like just get a little bit more nervous whereas yeah. like if it's like that's why I guess I love coming down here or like going to Joburg and stuff because I just get to get up and kill like because it's like I don't you have don't those shit, yeah. inhibitions anymore yeah like I'm not worried about like what do these people think yeah so like the, I played a gig at the comedy house right um, yeah. on which we'll talk about yeah we're sad but Eugene Corsa was there and we were chatting and, and Mark Lushing was there as well Mark Lushing was yeah. there so Mark Lushing got up and he was killing, he was killing. And I was like, wow, this guy's like doing this thing. And, and Eugene was like, yeah, that's it. You just gotta, sometimes it's not about the audience. Sometimes you just gotta ignore them and just do the thing according to how you know, how you want to do it. And naturally it'll just be funny. And that's where the trust the process. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. All these old guys love those words, hey? Eh? <laughs> no, the thing that I, I kind of like get annoyed by like some of the older guys and stuff is like, you ask for like real advice. And they're like, just be funny. Like, bro, I'm doing that already. <laughs> like, like, a lot of us are funny. Maybe yeah. not as funny as you, and I get that. But, you know, how do I get the bigger bookings? Just be funny. Just no, be that's funny. not like, that's not true. Yeah. Like, there yeah. are politics here. Yeah. There are other things that you want. You want a bigger social media reach. You want these yeah. things. Yeah. Don't lie to me. But that's just my own personal yeah. <laughs> Like, I think 
Vendetta yeah. against like the fa- like I feel like a lot of all the guys don't actually give real advice sometimes. Yeah. So so one of the guys that that I really appreciated uh, the most is uh, Keiji Mohari. Okay. So in the beginning, he, you know, I was trying to like how do I because I felt like I couldn't come up with other jokes, um, and he 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 told me like write about things you feel about. Yeah. Um, so take something. What do you feel about it? Write about it. If you don't feel anything about it, don't write about it. Because then it's going to be empty. So then you come out in what you're writing on, which is one of the coolest things. Um, So now I kind of like, you know, take that. I mean, he helped me with with a little with, with a little bit of that. You, so you mentioned the comedy house, and um, this was it's a gig that's now kind of like stopped. But I was chatting to Keenan last night, yeah. and I hope you guys carry on with it. Do you want to explain what it was? Uh, so 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 the comedy house was a thirty five seater theater in someone's house upstairs in somebody's house on the corner of Lavender Hill somewhere, which which was the dopest room. Uh, so like so Lavender played. Hill sounds like a lovely place. So it's like Lavender Hill is like Manenberg, but worse. So the big crime, drugs, etc., gangs, and stuff like that. So it's a, um, like uh, the name doesn't line up with. No, 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 no. The, I, you can't really smell a lot of lavender there. <laughs> but 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 that was a cool gig, um, and we used to have like a monthly show there. Um, but unfortunately, the place had to close down because the owner you know, is going to be redeveloping the place. So to take it forward, um, the idea is, um, I don't know if Keenan told you, but the idea is to still have the brand comedy house, because the legacy has to live on, but then run comedy shows in people's houses. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so you didn't tell me that that was a moment, because I kind of suggested that. Like, I was like, you guys should do pop-up shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so basically, it's still a a line-up show. People still pay, but you're always sitting in people's houses. Dude, that's a really fun way to do it. We've done one or two of those back in the day in Durban. Yeah. Like, you know, we like, there was this place called Cotton Castle. And like, so we just did it in the lounge there. Like, not even like seats, like, yeah, cou- yeah. like literally couches that, of people sitting on the floor. And, yeah. like, because because that's the thing with, with Cape Town, because comedy in Joburg is much bigger because people go out for entertainment. Yeah. Um, in Cape Town, the culture is different. People don't know about it. So we need to take... Uh, comedy to the people. It's weird. It sounds like Durban, like but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But Cape Town seems like your scene's much bigger. But I guess you guys like. It's, I guess we also we just look at things from the outside and don't yeah. really know how they work internally. Exactly. Yeah. So so I mean, because we struggle a lo- we struggle a lot to get bums in seats for gigs, uh, which is my main like mission is to run shows by the run dope shows yeah. with full rooms because that's it. It's only in a full room that a comedian can actually do his thing. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I enjoy small rooms, but yeah. No, like, but I mean, like but a full room is just uh, easy, man. A full, like, it can be a full ten room, yeah, or a full fifteen room, but a full room. Yeah. Um. So it's about changing the culture in Cape Town for people to learn about stand-up comedy, and then for them to take it to them. Yeah. So that's your yeah. plan now. And that's why I busk as well, right? Because people need to learn about it. So instead of waiting for gigs and stuff like that, create the platform yourself. Yeah, man, that's um, super fucking dope. Like, I, that's the thing. I appreciate your hustle, man. And that's why I think, like, you've developed as much as you have, like, in these two years. Appreciate it, man. Because, yeah, you are dedicated to the cause. Uh, what did you do before comedy? Oh, so I was a, so I was in corporate. Um, I am a strategy consultant. Uh, what that means is basically I help uh, businesses, corporates, uh, with their business strategy across their businesses specialized in financial services, so banks and insurance companies, so did transformational... So you're quite economically minded? Um, 
I like to look at businesses um, from a bird's eye view on a page and consul what consulting allows you to do is like to take an eraser, rub out parts that you don't really like and redesign it and redraw it the way it should be. You feel like you can do that with comedy? Like is that like kind of your long-term plan? Yeah. Like when yeah, you yeah. say like, you're, you know, like, because you're saying you want to build Cape Town scene and stuff like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. bring comedy to people. And so do you take this top-down view? Of definitely, definitely. So like, um, the cool thing about consulting was that you could take a business idea in your mind and make a business reality. Comedy allows you to take an idea in your head and immediately go up on stage and express it. Yeah. Which is the beauty of it, right? So like, and I, I love innovation because you should never ask yourself how because innovation exists in the absence of knowing how. Yeah. So through all of this, yeah, that's why I, I don't know what I'm doing instead <laughs> of comedy. But like, yeah, it's 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 to it's to build that to use the business background that I have and apply that in some way to create a better industry in Cape Town and in South Africa and whatever else happens. Uh, just want to do good for the for the industry. And then, how did you get into comedy? Um, I was going through a rough patch in my marriage, um, and then I told my friend that if after my first gig, if I ever get divorced, I'm going to do comedy. And hey, um, I got divorced. Um, yeah, so so basically I got married. Four months later, my wife cheated on me. I got divorced from her. Three months later, I, I kind of took her back to try again. And then six months later, we called it quits because it wasn't working. For me what? Shame. Yeah, no. Now, I, I kind of blame maths for that because I love maths. So I got married and divorced because I had to solve for eggs. <laughs> but then getting married to her again and getting divorced again is because during maths class they always say you must check your answer <laughs> just gotta make sure it's correct yeah no you 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 kind of have to and now I know no she's not the one no she's definitely not she's the, the one zero. yeah 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 you can't yeah. divide the zero yeah I actually made a funny bet with a friend right and I told him yo man if I ever do a show where I thought it was going to be about your wife cheating no, on no, no 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 so he could I win ever, that pretty easily but if I ever do a one man show with 50 people or more I told him I'll come out in a full astronaut like outfit and do the comedy show in an astronaut outfit yeah because I don't know so I just, where are you going to get this outfit from? I don't know I just felt like my jokes are out of this world <laughs> oh the, <laughs> the cheese never fucking ends with that, bro <laughs> I love dad jokes. Do you guys. like pizza? Uh, I do. I do love pizza. Like obviously thin base because you bring your own cheese. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Um, this is weird. You know, like a lot of people don't know that. I, um, so before comedy, like two years, be like before getting married, I actually ran a pop-up burger store. What? Okay. Yeah. So it was called. This Arch isn't a setup. No, no. You can check it out on Instagram. It's called Archie's Kitchen. Uh, we 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 did a pop-up burger store in Weinberg Park, and we smuggled we smuggled the permit, but we were there and we were sold out twice. But it just like everybody got busy and stuff. I dig burgers, <laughs> making hand patted burgers. One of the burgers even. So had would you peach. be a chef if you went in coffee? I always wanted to do like uh, so. My dream is to run a coffee shop. Um, so coffee shop during the day and a comedy club at night. See, mine's to just have like a club. Like a, yeah, like a comedy not a comedy club just a space to have bands and comedy oh dope, dope so dope, like, dope. like one night well not just that also to have like plays and stuff so like each night like have a different okay, day yeah. and then 
So, uh, uh, so because I want to do stuff and like create platforms and stuff like that, and also because I do busking, I always want to start a production company called Soapbox Studio. Yeah. Because like soapboxes are known for where people get up for the first time and express themselves and stuff like that. So, yeah, soapbox. Um, so you want to do the all-in-one thing? Yeah. But, but how are you going to do that and manage a comedy career and all these other things? Oh, no. So with a business mind, uh, you can you can create and you outsource. Uh, and you outsource. Outsource is the best, because but then you, you only hold a strategic consulting um, innovative uh, relation with those and you take a percentage, they make their money yeah. and they're driven by their own KPIs and stuff. So a lot of ideas performance indicators yeah yeah yeah. I don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) I could do corporate so I don't know there's there's a bright future Um, I'm excited about it Um, so hopefully it can be more exciting going forward eh? well what is your plan for going forward like with your own comedy do you have a strategy are you like thinking like I need to do these gigs get on like with these people and stuff like that or like are you just still winging it because you said like you know obviously you care about comedy for the art but obviously all of us even the ones that like are doing it for the art do know that for this to be sustainable we need to create a fan base we need to create an audience for ourselves that will support us and so what are your long-term goals with this in terms of that do you see it as like if i can like you know support mark lottery on his one man show yeah. then i'll get more well known and stuff are those the kind of things that you think about yeah yeah for sure it it it, it does so like there was the cape town comedy club um your funny side of competition which is like an open mic competition and then the winner uh got to play for two weeks at the jive comedy festival oh, which dope. was like dope exposure and stuff like that and I was hoping to obviously win that, but uh, unfortunately didn't. Um, my good friend Regan Allen won that one. Um, but yeah, so like that didn't happen. And then it kind of just made me realize or question, what am I actually doing comedy for? Um, and for me, it's like the art and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's the exposure. Like I've done stuff. like two competitions and I don't intend to I them anymore. I don't do competitions. Kind of yeah, yeah. So, but like it's for me, I thought, you know what, I'm doing it for for the art, for doing the jokes and, and making people laugh and stuff like that. I, I do want to get more people to, to come out to shows. So my objective is to do comedy for, for the art, um, to influence people through the different channels that I am on to, 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 to come out to shows uh, is my main objective and to actually create a vibe around stand-up comedy. Um, I do want to travel. I want to take my comedy to Joburg, Durban, etc. I played Joburg. I'm going to be there in December. I'm in Durban in November. Uh, if I could, I would literally just road trip throughout South Africa continuously doing jokes. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling at the moment, man. Like this trip to Musenberg, like yeah. the Musenberg Festival. I've, like I was only meant to do the finale, which is from the time of us recording, but you won't know about it. Like. The people listening, you know about it. <laughs> I'm still not getting used. I still need to get used to the, the whole dynamic thing, of yeah, yeah. Uh, the this thing. So, but tomorrow night, from the time of us recording, I'm gonna be up, and that was meant to be the only real gig I was going on. But then I've jumped on like three times now yeah, for the fest because either one a person, a person wasn't there, or you know stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I've been like a bit of a super sub, but it's just felt so great, man. It's just made me want to continue traveling and continue like going to different stages around the country and just. We had like three different venues, three okay. different vibes, and it's just been super. Like a reminder that you know you can do it all yeah, around. Yeah, like that you can, this is a universal thing. Yeah. Where sometimes it doesn't feel that way for me. So yeah. it's been really cool like that. Which is cool because like if you ever want to take a comedy overseas, 
you have to be universal, right? Yeah. So you got to start being universal to South Africa first, and then being able to be like globally. And you also got to try and learn the nuances of the different places you're in, and try and customize it a little bit. Because exactly. that's the thing; it's not even just about making it universal. It's about taking universal things and making them localized as well. Exactly, because otherwise it's just a regurgitation, right? Because yeah. then I can just take the same sentence and take it everywhere. Do you but get bored not. telling the same jokes all the time? Because I do. There was a time where I got bored of telling disability jokes. Yeah. So for those that don't know. Yeah, um, we haven't got into this yeah. yet. But so, but, so I've been diagnosed with very rare degenerative neurological disease about five years ago, which has basically taken away my physical ability in my lower body. So I walk around with crutches and you'll see me on stage with a crutch. Does um, it being rare like make you feel better or worse? <laughs> um, like, both actually, both. It's like rare, okay, God, you think I'm special. Yeah. Uh, rare, fuck, there's no cure, what the hell do I do? But you but just go with it. But you don't like a well done, like a, a well done neurological disease? No, no, I'm like a medium to rare, okay. medium, medium to rare, uh, taste better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so like in the beginning, um, when I started doing stand-up, they said that I have to address the elephant in the room, which is the crutch. And then a lot of the jokes started being about the disability. But that then becomes I, a crutch. Exactly, and I didn't want that. So now I'm kind of like trying to break free from that and tell other jokes and people to not, because I don't see myself as disabled. Yeah, um, yeah I'm physically fucked up, but you know, mentally... I, I mean, don't, it, it is a little bit harder for you to get around. No, no, true. Us. And you true. probably go through quite a bit of pain, or is it painful? Um, most of the pain I go through is when the disabled parking is taken. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, it, it, it's okay. It's okay. Um, if you do, if you do see me fall ever on stage, it will be gracefully. It will. I I tend to put a wet when I fall, which is dope. Have you fallen on stage? I've a lot? fallen on stage twice now. Uh, do people think it's part of a joke or? Um, no, people people think it's people gasp, and they, they, but then I always come up with like this quick little jab, and then just to get the laughter going because it's funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's very funny. But do you feel people feel a little bit uncomfortable? Yes. So like. Um, it also allows me to push people yeah. uh, with the types of jokes I make because I'm allowed to, like in the same way that uh, uh, different people can make different jokes. Yeah. I, I can make disability jokes. So when I say, hey, nobody got time for disabled people, <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. But do you feel like are you, like other people aren't? Or do, I mean, because I think with uh, you, like, you so don't like, it's, seem it's, to it's, feel it's, that way. Oh, so it's, or, so, so, like, it's, it's been weird because it's learned, it, I've learned that when I'm doing comedy, I first have to win people, win people, win the audience over for them to trust me yeah. before I can push them. So you have to be cognizant of that because that's about reading the crowd, the rhythm, etc. But so, I mean, like, do you think other like able-bodied, I don't uh, know, like people aren't allowed to tell disabled jokes? I mean, or you? Oh, um, well? it depends. It depends on what the joke is about. If it's offensive and you being derogatory towards disabled people, then maybe not. Uh, but if it, if there's a person there and whatever, and if that person, so like you know, there was that there was that episode with Simia. Yeah, did this that is what joke. I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 Because yeah, yeah, you were so, one of the people who was actually like, oh, whatever, this is chill. It's it's funny because I mean, he wasn't taking the piss out of a disabled person. Yeah, he was just he was just putting himself in a disabled situation, which to me was funny. Um, if you are, but other people will interpret it. Like you know, we live in a two woke world. Um, I mean, I have a gag about how wokeness can get you out of any situation. 
um, because it got somebody out of a situation by being too woke. Um, can I actually just talk about that? Because that's right. funny. Because so, guys, I was looking for disabled parking, right? And then um, <laughs> I this joke. So I was looking for disabled parking, and I drove past, and I saw that there was a car where people were standing outside, and they didn't have a disabled disc. Anyways, I come around again, and I'm like, "Yo, guys, this is your car?" They're like, um, "Yes, it is." And I'm like, "Where's your disabled disc?" They're like, "Oh, we've got it at home." And I'm like, where's the disabled person? They're like, no, my mom's in there. So I stood there and just looking at them because I know they were talking cut. Then they joked and said, I know, uh, this is not our car, we're joking. I got out of my car. I went to the car. The car door was open. I got inside. There was a phone. I took the phone. I showed them, guys, this is your, not your car. They're like, no, it's not my car. I walked away with the phone, got into my car and I drove away. They did nothing. So now... For me, it's not, I didn't really want the parking. I just really wanted for them to admit that they were doing something wrong. Anyways, I pulled back around again because uh, I looked at his phone. I switched it on. I saw a picture of the people that were standing outside the car. So obviously, it's their car and their phone. Anyways, I did a video like, yeah, you know, fuck you for doing something, whatever. I get back there. I go up to the guy and I'm like, dude, I saw your phone. This is your car. He comes to me and he's like, yo, man. You just broke into private property. You can't do that. And I'm like, how's that different to you taking a parking that you can't take? His next words were, you can't use your disability as an advantage. Which is a really fucked up thing to say. Because firstly, I am using my disability to be advantageous for parking. So what he's saying is true. So he felt a little cold out there. Yeah, yeah. And then the punchline for that joke is that it came from a guy in a wheelchair. Which is funny because, yeah, but like that actually happened. And oh, like, so this was a this, true story. No, this is a true story. Because like, that was the thing, like I know the joke and then you took a, like the joke's a little bit shorter. Shorter, yeah, yeah, but that, that actual situation that I described actually happened. A guy shouted at me that I can't use my disability as an advantage, which is just like shocking. But, but not him being in a wheelchair part. No, no. So he uh, wasn't actually in a wheelchair. I just so thought that, if, that's it came, the yeah, if it came from a guy in a wheelchair, that would be funny. But yeah. that is pretty fucked up. Like someone saying, "Don't use a disability as an advantage." It's like I don't have many of them, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Like, so be able to park a bit closer, like because yeah, I mean it does take a little bit longer yeah. to fucking get spaces. Like, but I mean, him saying that is actually being woke. It's, it's saying that I'm privileged in a way based on my disability. Therefore, I can't use my privilege because he is less fortunate because he doesn't have a disability. Exactly. <laughs> so you can't get normal parking. She's fucked up. But okay. Yeah. Uh, that was a, just a rant about that actual life situation. See, I, yeah, I thought that was completely just a joke. That you no, that, like, like sometimes you can't write stuff that, yeah. that, 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 that's, that, that's, that, that's that funny. You can't. Just, life just takes and over. Do you have, have you had multiple experiences like that? Or is it a rare thing for like... Uh, for people to give shit about disability? Yeah. Uh, no, it's... it's well... And do comedians make jokes actually, about it, actually? So the other situation was when I went down to Clicks one day and then uh, this, this guy in a bucky parked over two disabled bears. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So now I'm waiting by the car to like confront the guy because there was no parking for me. Don't... A gym buff guy carrying two buckets of protein under his armpits walk to the car ride. And I'm like, dude, uh, is this your car? He's like, yeah, what's wrong? And I'm like, nah, dude, you parked, uh, you parked a bit shit. Uh, you're over two disabled bays. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I never knew this was a disabled bay. And I'm like, no, this is a disabled bay. He's like, oh, why do people, why do disabled people need disabled bays? 
So I'm like, because we can't walk far, you guys can just crawl. Fuck off. No, this literally happened. This actually happened. I lost my shit. I was gonna fuck him up with my crutch, but then the car guard pulled me back and stuff like that. He he got upset with me because I swore at him. Yeah, for being a doers. Exactly, but like that's that's the world we live in. There's ignorance on both sides. Yeah. Um, so you do get it, you don't get it, but um, yeah, man, because like you don't like. I mean, obviously, like able-bodied people don't really know the reality of yeah, like, what yeah, you go through. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, because you make a lot of jokes about stuff, and like, do like I don't know, was asking this now, do other comedians make jokes about it? Are you oh cool yeah, all the like, time. Like, like I'm cool about it because I know that they're just taking. Uh, it's it's for comedic purposes. And but do you find lot. like it's a, almost like a level of acceptance, like um, with comedians, like if they are making jokes about it? I kind of live by principle that offense is taken, not given, and I don't have like time to take offense because I mean, yeah, we're only responsible for ourselves. So if you want to make a joke about it, if it's funny, I'll laugh. If it's not funny, I won't laugh. But I won't take offense by it. Okay, I'll just say, "Yo, man, that's not funny." Yeah. I mean, I think there'll come a time where you'll just get like. Okay, guys, it's enough now. Yeah, like, it's I mean, been 10 I years. Mean, yeah, <laughs> come on now. Well, hopefully it's 10 years, right? If I ever last this long in the comedy game. I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, like, that's yeah, the thing. I mean, yeah. I think we are reaching a point in South African comedy where the gatekeepers are becoming irrelevant because we're making our own spaces. True. Uh, the gatekeepers are a real thing, both nationally and even in, like, in, in cities. Yeah. It's, I mean... We know there's the whole politics about yep. the Comics Choice Awards and. and I was gonna say I'm that. not gonna mention anything, but. Oh yeah. no, no, this I I don't even know because I don't like politics uh, personally. My dad is a was an activist in the party. He got locked up in jail, and um, hearing all of that story just makes me feel like oh, I don't want to talk about politics ever. Um, so I'm I'm just doing it here for the art and making jokes. Um, yeah, like literally. <laughs> I sat basking but in you, Bree Street for so three So you're creating your own opportunities. You also run some rooms. You did the comedy so, house so for a while. So me and Keenan ran the comedy house for a while. Um, we ran um, the gig in Musenberg at the lab, yep. which is like a music oh. studio. Um, for, which is where we're recording. Yeah. I think I might yeah. have said that in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so last Thursday of every month. Um, and we're trying to open more rooms. Um, I'm trying to open a new material gig in, in Claremont. Um, we could... We live in a world of gatekeepers, um, both stage time and whatever. Yeah. We we need to create our own platforms uh, because the power is in our hands, man. Yeah, because it's also, I mean, if we don't, we're just never going to get stage time. You're never going to... Exactly, exactly. And, but with the power of social media, also with just the power of being able to go and talk to a venue and say, hey, can we do this thing here? Exactly, because there's no harm in trying, right? There's no well, harm in trying. Of course. I mean, I know some people like criticize, like things they like to call like you know people like death crews and stuff you know yeah. like starting their own rooms and you know what maybe some people are bad at this thing and the reason why they don't get booked is because they're bad at the thing but a lot yeah. of the time there's some politics involved yeah. and like also you know there's just not enough like stages yet like in terms of there's more comedians now than there are slots yeah available so yeah. that's why we do have to keep creating new shows so that we can perform like more yeah, so that no, we can true, actually get true, on stage true. because yeah like you know, you can only, Goliath only have so many slots, you yeah, know, yeah, like, which is a two month booking process. Yep. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can plan ahead and go, cool, I'm going to be there in two months yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that is also a cool way to run and they're not like gatekeeper-y. So like, no, I'm pretty no, stoked no, no, about no. that. Yeah. It's like you hit the Goliath up and they're usually very happy to. They are the coolest on. there. 
they 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 are the coolest. They like when I was in Joburg, they gave me st- when they used to run the 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 basement gig. Oh, what's happened with that? Is it no so there? now it's Sophie Sonini's gig. Yes, he's doing the different language thing oh, every night, which is perfect. Which is dope. dope. Which is dope. Because um, Vinak is a big scene. Yeah. Um, and I I hate that I can't appreciate the jokes as much uh, because it's not just the language barrier; it's a culture thing. Yeah. Uh, because that's where the, the humor is. And they all they are also like second language English jokes that like you know like that like audiences will crack up to. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just totally. like I could have written that, like, <laughs> but I would never would because it's you don't say it's quite the same way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are, that's the thing. Like language is both a barrier and a thing that we connect with. It's yeah. uh, and that is the thing in South Africa. Like the Vinak scene's definitely way bigger than the English scene, yeah, and like totally. I think you know. As English comedians, you kind of harm yourself by not learning the next stuff, by not sure. actually being able to communicate with more different people. I mean, I saw Stuart Cairns at the gig on Saturday night, and he killed it because yeah, you know yeah. he had some Zulu jokes and like yeah, you know yeah. he was able to connect with the crowd. And it's like I think that is the thing that more and more like even myself like I'm looking at it, like I should know a lot more Zulu than I do. Yeah. Like I know very basic stuff, and you know I really should know more. So. I think that's something I'm gonna focus on, and mm-hmm. if yeah, you true. want to like do more of the next stuff, like without being <laughs> culturally appropriate, yeah. I mean there is space to do it. I think no, it's true. You, learn, you like, just gotta put yourself in that situation. Like uh, one of my favorite gigs in Joburg was uh, the Oz Pub in Soweto. Okay, I haven't that, been there yet. So there's uh, like I don't know how I got there. I don't know where it is. I just know that there is a gig <laughs> in the Oz in Soweto, which is dope, um, and people appreciate it. People really appreciate the humor. I mean, there was there was a, a, a gig in Guguletu, Gags and Googs. Uh, dope. Like, you you would think that it's, it wouldn't be great, but until you put yourself out there and put them, it's going to be dope. Well, because, I mean, we have our hang-ups about, you know, fitting into different cultural spaces. Yeah. Like, I think everyone, no matter what race you are in this country, like, if you are put into different cultural spaces, you find yourself having to adapt in different ways. And, like, you do have mental hang-ups about yeah, it. Are sure. these people going to get me because yeah, we sure. don't come from the same cultural backgrounds yeah. a lot of the time? How do I connect? How do I cross these barriers and stuff? So it is a yeah psychological thing that I feel like we don't discuss openly enough, maybe. Everybody's too scared to die, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's scared, but like, I think... So there was this gig in Cape Town run by Kurt and Dylan Skews called Sergeant Papers on a Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like the death room dojo of Cape Town. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was renowned to be a dojo. And I think that room specifically taught me to accept death. Um, so like, whether you die or not, it's not about that. It's Death is irrespective. Yeah, it's but just, it's also don't become too comfortable with it. Yeah, fair enough. So like, you can't go up on stage and be shit. But like, it's always death could happen couldn't you, you're tired talking man like that's what comedy is you're literally yeah, yeah, always yeah. on that like precipice of like yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, if yeah. you fall off you're dead like that's it and like you know sometimes you can resurrect yourself but True. not often and like I hate when comedians like chase the resurrection you know yeah. like they're dying and it's just like bro just cut it just, just it's because oh. you, you can feel it for yeah. me that's the thing I'm like 
I'll go like a, f- like a few jokes over. If I'm dying, I'm like, okay, let's see, let's see. Okay, no, I'm not <laughs> getting it back. I'm cool. So like, <laughs> thank you for your time. Here's your next comedian. You'll yeah. enjoy him more. So like even more. Mondays, right? So when I opened for, oh, for, for Paul. Paul's gig. But that was a weird situation because the cops came before. Like, it was still it, weird, right? Because yeah. like even the whole back row when Paul was performing, they weren't laughing. Yeah, the one, there were four people that didn't yeah, laugh just did for not over laugh. an hour. But like, I mean, for like seven minutes, I was going and... Stuff that worked at Friday night in, uh, in, 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 at the circle just did not land or get anything from anybody for a solid seven minutes. And then after that seven minutes, towards the end of the set, that you yeah. got them on board, but like the first, like, yeah, like as you were saying, yeah, like, it was, it was crazy. And I, I, I looked the, at you a few times and the, I was like, oh my god, what the hell's But the thing is, for that though, you had to do that because your job was, was to, to break soften. Through. So yeah. that was the thing. That's a completely different thing to if you're on a lineup with like 10 people and everyone's got five minutes yeah and then you are just trying to like chase the thing and then you're actually ruining the gig because you're not making the people laugh and the yeah. people are getting more frustrated the longer you go whereas what you did on monday night was more just break the tension that had happened earlier in the night so you were taking the blows early on okay. getting them warmed up to the point that paul could come on and be more comfortable there's a guy there so like I'll tell you why do you use crutches it's because I open for everything <laughs> okay don't use that joke I'll tell yeah I'm not no, uh, no 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 okay I'm not gonna steal that one okay. <laughs> do you uh, is that a thing here by the way do you guys have like your joke thieves in Cape Town uh, joke you know, themes thieves like people oh, that you know like um, I don't want to go up tonight because that guy's here Nah, I don't think so. I think like where jokes are quite similar, uh, people talk about it to each other. Like, is it cool if I say this joke or not? Like, I've seen that happen. That's dope. Um, I don't think people steal material necessarily, though. But you might have similar premises because you've heard someone tell jokes before. Like, yeah, look, there there are guys that are hack that (laughs) use memes on stage. Um, Like, I've seen that happen, which is you know cool. But, uh, the one thing I'm hating at the moment is this comedians making fucking pictures of themselves with quotes of their jokes. Oh snap. Like lots of people have been doing this like for a while now, but more and more people are doing it. Like this is a strategy of comedians to like, yeah, like a picture of themselves. Yeah, on stage. Show. Yeah. So okay. like, you know, like they've quote themselves. Yeah. Because like, okay. you know, like how people do this for famous comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but other people do that because it's a good joke and that person's famous and yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you can't make a meme of yourself. You've got to be memed. <laughs> you could have other people do that for you. For you, yeah. Like it feels really, like it feels weird to me when I see people do that for, like from their own fan pages with their own like you know yeah like logos and stuff and maybe it's a way to get your name out there maybe it will work and stuff but i feel awkward about branding about right? yeah but i mean there's better ways to do branding no there is so some people are just not into marketing as others um, <laughs> well they think they are but i mean not that i'm the best marketer either but i also have so much like soft doubts and like feel like the audience never likes me but that's because of my own you yeah. know, personal issues <laughs> I, I i've started to put more content out yeah. So like as and I that's important. Like yeah, yeah. Because like uh, we were at the comedy con, at the comedy con, and one of the guys said that in order to get the reach out there, you, you got to show people that you're funny. So you got to put content out there, which is which is cool. So I started doing that. Started posting. Um, started tweeting all my ideas. Putting on Facebook, even like stupid silly dad jokes. Putting on Insta and stuff yeah. like that, which is cool because I. It's, it's not what the jokes are eventually going to be when, I, when it's on stage because I still need to work and stuff like that. I just think it's funny. Um, 
and I think that actually has shown a bit of growth in like uh, social media uh, um, viewership, etc. So, and so your numbers been going up since the more you I, post. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Um, I think I get the least amount of interactions on face, no, on Twitter yep. and Instagram. But like in like in terms of banter and I'm, chat, I've actually Facebook. been finding Facebook to be my preferred platform. And I never thought I would say that. Like, yeah, I know, right? But uh, like, people actually laugh at my shit on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter is a bit like too stuck up. It's and clicky. Like, it is very clicky. I mean, I haven't been on this month because I'm doing like sober October, so okay, I've quit cool. coke and not cocaine, uh, just Coca Cola. Okay. And um, I never quit cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've quit Coca Cola and uh, Twitter for this month. And I'm not missing it, man. I'm missing Coca Cola like yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, but like, not Twitter. But not Twitter. Nah, you know my Twitter is. Yeah. I'm it's feeling cool very takeover. It was a cool, like you see, like I did find my space there, and like, I've got a few thousand followers, and it's like, but it also doesn't feel like I've got a few thousand followers. It feels like I've got a few thousand lurkers, like you know, uh, like people yeah, like yeah. just watching you but they don't interact they don't like yeah. like retweets talk you know they like, don't do anything and but then again you know maybe i'm also not that interactive on twitter either anymore oh, so okay, cool. i don't know i do find facebook to be more of the space where it's a bit more communal a bit more conversational yeah. a bit more and also because i've just been muting and hiding oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. just be making my newsfeed as like nice as i wanted algorithms are interesting to understand how they work and stuff like that Magnets. Um, How do they work? Yeah. But like, it's weird because like even on, on, on Insta, uh, you might get like people, 150 people view your story, uh, but nobody actually answers the poll that oh, they I, viewed. I kind of have that issue a little bit as well. Like even with this podcast, so the one that I did with myself, yeah. I could put it out on Twitter, I put it out yeah. on Insta and I put it out on Facebook. And the only questions that I got were on Facebook. But that's also the thing. You got to learn then how to utilize the different platforms. Exactly. Because also you look at someone like Simi, he gets lots of interactions on his Instagram, you know, yeah, like yeah. stuff. Or at least he projects that he does. So who knows? <laughs> we will never know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? But that is also the thing. Like I've even found now, you know, in Cape Town, people yeah. be like, oh, you're doing really well at the moment. And I'm like, glad you think that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. doing fine at the moment. Like I feel like I'm in a good space. I feel like I'm doing cool things, but it's not big it's not like but I yeah. have actually but it's also maybe that's once again the way I see things but I've intentionally been more careful with what I put out on social media yeah. I haven't been putting out as much negative stuff because that stuff's come back to bite me and that also creates this perception of like you know like you like I like to be honest on social media yeah, yeah. like so I like to be real I've yeah. always been like both positive and negative but if you put the negatives out there, then people only see the negatives. They don't see the positives. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. I've been trying to do the opposite now and just constantly. But I've also been like on this whole journey of like mindfulness and gratefulness and stuff. Which so. is which is dope. Eh? We we have to center ourselves every now and again, um, in order to, you know, lose our center on stage. Yeah, <laughs> which cool is very vibe. important, man. Which is very important. So what are your plans for the coming months? I think we can start heading towards the end of this yeah. chat. It's been quite a fun um, one. I'm in, so I'm in Cape Town. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, so I'm in Durban, 19th of November. For comedy uh, next year. Which I'm hella excited for. Uh, first time doing comedy in, a, in Durban. It's a dope room. Like, I know. lots of people. And they, like, Carmen's developed a cool audience who, like... Appreciate comedy. Yeah. Like, I, even, like I've been able to even do some, you know, risky things. And, yeah. like, at next gen that have kind of paid off. And sometimes cool. they haven't, but, yeah. That's cool. So then, um, so that's in November. 
Um, I honestly don't know. I, I can't play. I don't know. I just feel like you can love each day as it comes, eh? Like each gig. Uh, I'm excited about playing a gig tonight. Um, playing playing armchair tonight. Um, playing gigs in Cape Town for October. And then November in Durban. Uh, December is Joburg. And hopefully more gigs as it comes. If you guys want to know where I'm playing, you guys can follow me on Insta. My Insta handle's a bit weird. Yeah, it's uh, Ilachi. It's, yeah, it's Ilachi. What's uh, the... I was playing pool with a friend one day and I sang the eight ball and then he called me an Ilachi and acne pot. Because as soon what as you is? bite the Ilachi, like cardamom. I don't know what an Ilachi is. Oh, so, so Ilachi is cardamom. What? Cardamom. What's what's that? So it's like this. Um, it's like a. It's like a. It's a spice. Okay. It comes in a capsule. Looks like a like a small peanut. Okay. Uh, you bite it, and then you immediately stop chewing whatever you drink. It's mostly found in acne and biryani parts and stuff like that. I know exactly what that, that, that is. That thing that makes oh. you stop eating. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yes, yeah, okay. yeah. So I hate it. <laughs> that's I don't know. That name just kind of stuck um, on Insta. So it's E L A C H I E. And then on Facebook and Twitter, it's just Altaf Said. And then also the Comedy House, you guys have social media yeah, for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the Comedy House on Insta, which is the Comedy House South Africa, um, on Twitter and on Facebook. Would you guys actually maybe be open to, we, maybe we'll chat off-cast, but we could franchise that, man. You guys yeah, you could, could. You guys could come to Durban, yeah, do like we, a Comedy House there. We could definitely do it. Yeah. Um, actually, I have our sign that we should put up on stage in my car. Like, I, I carry it everywhere. You've got the full DIY Like, setup. I have the hoodie. You've, you've got a, but you've also, you've got a speaker and a microphone and a chair. Like, in, in my your, car. In your boot. Yeah, yeah. I have two mics in my car, in case you want to do two mics. Um, yeah, me and Kevin like doing uh, two mics. So, which we're actually planning to actually do a two-man show. Yeah, I'm hopefully going to chat to Keenan in Durban, actually, because he's there this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he's had an interesting journey, it seems. True, true. So. He's, he's a totally different person to the one I met initially. Oh, is it? Yeah, he's grown. He's, and do you find yourself like in the two years that you've been doing comedy are you a completely different person or are you still kind of the same um i feel like i'm a different person um because stand-up comedy allows you to allows you self-discovery i feel like i know myself better yeah um and the writing process also actually teaches you a lot about how you think um in comparison to other people which is both a good thing and a learning yeah um i yeah i Ugh, compa- comparison is the definite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, not like, not competitive. Just, just. No, for me, it's just I just watch Bo Burnham and I go, I need to quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one of the guys that stick with me a lot is Joey Dustin's cognitive dissonance gag. I don't know. It. So he he takes the concept of cognitive dissonance and breaks it down into layman's terms that anybody can understand and makes it funny at the same time. And that's the beauty of stand-up comedy, right? It's the ability to teach people, but to make them laugh while they learn. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. That's one of the big joys of it. Exactly, like right. Taking, yeah, big ideas and making them funny. I mean, that's what the greats like Carlin and stuff used to do. Like, it's... Sure. Yeah. Cool, I think we're going to end there. This has been yeah. really, really fun. Uh, you've said how people can get hold of you. Yeah. And then the Comedy House, I really want to see that continue because I think what you guys created there something so beautiful going into the communities and like bringing comedy to people people. is 100% I think the future of South African comedy so big ups with that and good luck for the future bro thank you very much